Two Brothers Review the Podcast. After a brief hiatus, we are back to talk about movies. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. We saw Avengers Endgame and it ended us, you know? We got snapped, but we're, we're back. Yeah, it, and we had, to, we had to put our personal affairs back in order once we were back, but now we're, now we're okay. Thanks for the concern. And this week we're going to be talking about the new Spider-Man Far From Home movie. With Tom Holland, Jake Gyllenhaal, and an alien playing Samuel L. Jackson. Hmm. If, ah. you, if you stayed for the end credits. It's true. Uh, before we get to that, though, we wanted to give our favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Ty, what is yours? Well, mine's easy because Nightcrawler's in my top ten movies anyway. It's one of my favorite movies ever. So, it's definitely Nightcrawler for me. Me too. I thought I was going to get to say Nightcrawler, and then you were going to say The Sisters Brothers. But Gyllenhaal just has a small role in that one. Yeah, it's also not in my top ten, though. All time. Oh, I thought you liked it. I loved it. The top ten, that's hard. I'd be interested someday to hear your top ten. <laughs> there might be 25 movies in Ty's top ten. There's definitely 25 movies in my top ten. That's how Bill Simmons is with top basketball players on his podcast. <laughs> Fifteen top five guys. It's so easy to just throw out, you know, top ten. All right. What did you think of the storyline of... Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Do you think the first movie after Avengers Endgame did a good job getting us back into the Marvel Universe? Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, people talk so much about uh, Endgame being the end of the saga, but it's just going to keep going. There's going to be... I don't think there's going to be that big a difference. So for me, it just feels like, you know, one more Marvel movie. It sort of cheapens Endgame for me, but... Yeah, I could see that. They did talk about how half of the classmates were five years younger than the people that were that you know disappeared. Because I don't think they really addressed that in the Endgame movie. But I, I thought it was a little convenient that all the characters we know from the first Spider-Man were the people that were taken in the snap. So Spider-Man, MJ, his friend, not the butler, dude. Okay, all the student, like the, the core students we cared about, were all. It just seems like the probability there is a little off. Um, okay. I didn't even think about that. Because I don't, I don't get it too much. I don't get too much. Like, you, the technical stuff gets silly, kind of, when you really think too hard about it, right? It probably doesn't hold up to scrutiny so well. Yeah. Okay, what did you think, then, about the story getting out of Queens? Uh, what? Okay, well, I watched it in Paris uh, after... I mean, I didn't go... To, I, and I went to London right after it. Anyway... I'm I'm a big Europhile, so I liked those locations. Uh, I think it felt a little bit contrived as a way of getting this character that's always in Queens out of Queens. And if they were really trying, like, the way that they manipulated the school trip to always have to line up with where the next attack was coming, I don't know. It just seemed hokey, but... Do you think they still just filmed this in Georgia? Or did it feel more European to you? No, I'm sure they just filmed it in Georgia, and I think that, I think it was filmed in Pinehurst too. Okay, didn't it say that? I think it did at the end. I feel like it's hard then to really feel sort of the in the moment or in the place that way. The sets felt small. I think it was like it'd always be one square or kind of one alleyway that you'd see. It didn't seem like a very big movie to me. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, for me, the main thing I thought it was interesting that it was about augmented reality. And, uh, I, like, the, just the plot I thought was kind of interesting to think about. I think that's that kind of stuff with drones, augmented reality, where you don't, where you think you're seeing something 
but it's mixed um, with digital effects. I think that's true that that's going to like be more and more in our normal lives, for better or worse. The main problem I had with it was just the amount of twists. So I think the screenwriters went to grad school and figured out that you could that you can do twists, and so then they just put in a ton of them. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, it's not. He's not really uh, from a different version of Earth, and then. Um, that that plot device opens up a lot of opportunities to have twists too because so when do people find out about it when is it revealed yeah well just like so many times you think he's talking to Samuel Jackson but then it's a projection of Samuel Jackson or and then to have the final one with the aliens I thought was I was kind of mad by that point (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, I liked the first reveal I feel like he had been sort of earnest and you can see the switch turn when he it's like, get the suit off of me and congratulating his team. I think that was played effectively, but I think then the sequences where they made Spider-Man think he was, you know, in a different world or like where it was all black. It just all seemed hard for me to understand how that could happen or how that would be possible with augmented reality and not some other kind of psycho drug effect. Okay. Well, I don't think it's realistic. I mean, I think the tech, the tech in the film is not realistic, for sure. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's just interesting that they that they chose that because that kind of stuff I think is going to happen more and more. But yeah, we're not at that level. It's impossible. As far as I yeah, like when he's in the bridge space and he becomes a black hole. Okay. Uh, I also think they do a good job showing how Jake Gyllenhaal interacts with his team and like why they all came together, but or how he manipulates them and domineers them. But with that many people, it just seems it would like it'd be impossible to do keep anything a secret or to pull this off. Like, why wouldn't it come out with that many people in his organization? But maybe that's unrealistic because a lot of bad guys have big organizations in these kind of movies. Yeah, they just, they they hire well, Reed. They hire people that they can trust to not divulge secrets. A great HR generalist. Yeah, you know, the HR didn't get the shout out of the team meeting, but probably deserved it. That lady who could never give the benefits she wanted to in the Stark Corporation. She's like, I had a great idea for an anonymous tip line, and he never instituted it. it. Oh my gosh. I I thought, I mean, I think the dynamic of him being an abusive employer, where the first thing you see is him praising everyone, but then you see that there's a dark side to it, where it's kind of him. I think that's a very common, or it's a, not common, but... It's the pattern of abuse, right? In abusive relationships, they flatter you and then they rip you apart. I wish there would have been that would have been more explored because it was so. All we saw was the one scene of him saying that that guy was amazing, and then the one scene really of him being like, "You messed it up." Do you guys want to get shot in the head? Yeah, yeah. So it's, that's a big dive, kind of into that darkness. Yeah, I think that dynamic would have been cool to characterize better with more real situations. Do you think they did a good job with the? comedy in this movie they, where they tried to be funny with the teachers and his friends. I don't know. Did you laugh at the jokes in this movie? Uh, I really love this teacher probably because of Silicon Valley. Martin Starr, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I loved his... Because I feel like his jokes were varied. I feel like the other teacher's joke was always... Um, it was the same line, basically. Like Which is? Five times. Yeah. That was kind of... That one did not make me laugh, but I love Martin Stars. How about the dynamic of the kids, the students? I don't remember. Well, MJ's fun. I don't know. I don't have any strong memories. Do you, what did you think? 
I was always happy to leave them. Like, I don't know. I, I'd be fine if we had him go to college in the next movie or we didn't. I think we're definitely going to see this group again. But yeah, I don't know if it really added something to the movie for me. Yeah, I think I think the joke of his best friend who gets the girlfriend within one plane ride. Uh, I think that's like a kind of a funny joke, but not enough to sustain. They just kept also coming back to it a ton, you know. And then to have him, you know, the like the breakup at the end where he did the he said something like, "Now we're adults or we have to move on." Anyway, it was just too much. Like it couldn't sustain that much. Do a new joke by that point. So do you, I guess Marvel is going to be making more superhero movies, but do you feel like there's still an appetite for them? Like how are the set pieces going to get? more interesting or more exciting or is it just this is what people want so it's what gets made and it makes money i think they're definitely gonna yeah i mean this is the world this is the world we live in now these are the movies we get we were just talking about stuber and bombed and uh yeah it's just one more example of the mid-range comedy that apparently this summer a lot of mid-range comedies failed like late night and uh book smart yeah so and i was reading about how disney made I mean, they have the four biggest movies this year. All of them. The total is like $5 billion or something crazy. Aladdin, Avengers, Toy Story? What are Toy they? Toy Story 4. Uh, Cap- Captain Marvel? Yeah, Captain Marvel. Nailed it. <laughs> and they had Dumbo, which was a failure, quote-unquote failure, failure, but it made $250 million still. Like, way more than it cost. Yeah. So. And they bought Fox, so Disney basically is going to own everything. Yeah, it's like... Disney's just good at pumping these guys out, so the, and they make all the money. It's not good. Well, I think even if like the live action, or not live action, even if this Lion King movie isn't good, people are going to see it to see it, I think, to compare it against the memory of the movie. Yeah, nostalgia is going to make them buy tickets. I've heard it's really good. Oh, well, that, that's positive. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me is just resigned to it. It's just the way Hollywood is now. There's still a lot of good independent films, so, you know. You got to go to the independent theaters and you got to see stuff that's, you're not going to get super interesting new stories from the Hollywood studios, I don't think. Uh, well, back to Spider-Man. Are there other things you liked or didn't like about this movie? Those were my main things. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? I I would say Tom Holland does a good job. I feel like he's very, I don't know, he's a kind of strong personality. I think he fits the role pretty well. I liked his interactions with Happy. Like their jokes about like age and the references they get are I thought they were funny. About age? Like playing this song and then saying, Oh, I love the band, but it's the wrong band name. Uh, yeah. I think he's good too. I actually I like him a lot. Everyone didn't like the Andrew Garfield Spider Man, right? I it did not it was not received well. Is it because they thought he was a bad one? I don't know. I like I don't I'm not a connoisseur enough of these films to have a strong opinion either way, but fine. I, I don't yeah, know. I think the first one of those, he made two of them. I mean, there have been a lot of Spider-Man versions now. But do you think Tom Holland's version is better than the Into the Spider-Verse movie? Into the Spider-Verse, the cartoon? Yeah. Like, which, which would you rather watch? I liked the cartoon. I thought it was a good story. I also fell asleep. So I'd watch that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I just, I'm just I'm not a huge... I, like, kind of... I go to see the superhero ones, these Marvel movies... Because they're an event, but I just am not super into them. And that's why they keep making them. Because people are, like us, still buying tickets. Do you, but yeah, you love them or no? I don't think I do anymore. I feel like... 
it's really amazing to hear, to think how they didn't exist in, before 2009. I mean, that's, a, you know, they're, they're so much a part of our culture and lives now, but it wasn't always that way. I mean, I watched, like, an X-Men cartoon when I was a kid, but I would have thought reading a comic book, so nerdy. I mean, I've never read a comic book. Yeah. I was at a public library this week, and I was walking down a, a aisle, and I saw they had comic books, and I almost picked one up, and then I was like, nah, <laughs> I have never even touched one still. I'm into some other nerdy stuff, but just not, I've never, that's never been the one for me. I think, I think it's got to shift eventually. Like, you know, there's just, these are kind of movements or. Yeah, people used to watch Westerns. Now they don't. Then they watch big action movies. Now they don't. They watch superhero movies. Yeah. I was reading something this week about how because there's so much comedy in these in these superhero movies, that's another reason why something like a low-budget comedy can't succeed because people are already getting their comedy fix from the action movies now, which wouldn't have been true, I guess, before. Oh, that's an interesting thought. I've not thought of that before. Yeah. I want to write really weird um, like branches off of these big movies. Like, I don't know, like Happy goes on a family vacation. I feel like that used to be sort of where Netflix stepped in to tell some smaller stories, some side stories, but maybe, and maybe Disney will do that on their Disney Plus service. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Solo, that movie, or Rogue One. In the universe, but not the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, but I would just try to do more, take advantage of the fact that you can't make weirder comedies if they're not part of um, intellectual property that everyone knows already. So it has to be about Star Wars, but use that as a Trojan horse to get a story that's you want odd, that oddball. Workplace drama in a machine factory on Tatooine. Exactly. Or like the buddy comedy with... These two aliens trying to find a date for the weekend. Yeah. Or it's, it's always... my The example I like the most is like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. You know that play? Yeah. They just chose two minor characters but kind of went deep into a weird world. Okay. Anyway, we're far afield. Sorry, Reed. I think that probably means we can wrap it up. We don't have much to say about Spider-Man specifically. People probably saw it. It's passable. What would you rate Spider-Man Far From Home? I'm giving it a 3 out of 5 because I love a good AR-themed plot. (laughs) I think the listeners, if they're dedicated, do know how much you're into AR. I do as a uh, frequent conversationalist with you but uh, I'm also going to give this movie a three yeah I think it was good it was fine what else do you have to recommend for our listeners well I never got into Pokemon Go but the same company that made it came out with their new Harry Potter game have you heard about this no well I guess I I heard it at one point I didn't know it came out so I'm going to check it out everyone else should too you're a it's an AR based game you're a wizard in the world and you can meet up with other wizards. Oh my gosh. Have you read Harry Potter? No. Well, my recommendation is going to be for this little book series, Harry Potter. That's <laughs> uh, pretty popular with the kids. I'd say it's awesome. I'm too old. I'm, I missed it. No, I went to a family party over the 4th of July of some friends of ours. And the adults and everyone in the in the group talking read fantasy sci-fi books we talked about it i loved it it just felt so open that's definitely what i am into um different from the vibe i get from our family (laughs) maybe why we don't talk about it i don't know i just don't read them so yeah i think they're good i'm reading one i'm reading one to remy right now which one tell the the people want to know 
So Remy and I are reading Mistborn right now. Okay. I'm reading The Idiot right now by Dostoevsky. Heard of it. Which is, it's, I'm reading it for the second time. I don't usually read books twice. <laughs> but uh, it is my, it, I have a memory of it being my favorite book. So it's been great. I'm halfway through it. I love it. It's a rare double recommend from Ty this week. <laughs> read it if you want. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us for an episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. I apologize. I feel like we di- diverged a bit today. But well, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs>